All right, you guys may be seated as our preschoolers and our kindergarten through fifth grade will meet their teachers right at those doors over there. And uh, this is honestly, I love this time of the service because I love the energy of watching them uh, walk out and head that direction and, uh, and go to their teachers. I just think it's the coolest thing. And I love watching our kids' ministry. I love seeing it continue to thrive and grow in this season. And, um, you know, I was thinking the other day about this transition as we come into the weekly services, and many of you know who have been here for a while that we've really entered this kind of relaunch season as a church community. Um, I want you really to think of yourselves who are here today. If you're a regular attender at Southeast, you are a part of a huge core that is really helping Southeast begin again in this new season. I mean, we started 10 years ago, but you know, every few years you're really kicking off into a new season of life, and that couldn't be any more true uh, right now in this season that we're in here and now. And so I was thinking about the kids, and um, you know, it's really cool to think about that during the pandemic season, we were meeting once a month, we were, you know, had the kids' ministry stuff online and all of that, and it's great to gather together. Kurt and I, on a weekly basis, talk to each other and you know, we discuss how great it is to, to say, hey, I'll see you Sunday, and just being together and worshiping together. And sometimes it's awkward and hard to put down my guitar and get back over here. And I appreciate, you know, th- that we kind of lean into those moments where there's some quiet while we're making those transitions. But it's so good uh, to just be together in these moments right here. And, uh, but I think the same thing about these kids. You know, I just, I can hear them back here. I don't know if you guys, when I'm preaching, if you can hear them behind me, um, but I love it. I love hearing the sound of the kids back there, and they're just, they're having fun, and they're, you can hear their screams and their excitement. I hope it's good screams, not bad screams. You know, hopefully nobody's getting hurt back there. I promise your kids are safe. Um, but they're back there, you know, having a great time, and I just, I just love that. And we have so much dedication from all the volunteers who participate and do all the different things here um, with our nursery and our preschool and making all that happen as well. It's just really, really cool to see. Um, And then to have them worship with us. We make that such a huge part of what we do at Southeast. We made a decision, it was a few years ago, honestly, and it's just continued to this day, that we wanted our families to worship together in service. And we know that there's, you know, those moments that we're asking them, hey, you know, you can meet your teachers, and there's this transition space again that sort of takes away some of that. But I love I love that they're worshiping with us. I don't know if you heard as we were saying the Lord's Prayer that you could hear our kids. Some of of them, I could hear our kids over our adults. And that's such a powerful thing because that, that honestly is so important for us. It's why we invest in our youth group. It's why we invest in our student ministry. It's why we do the things that we do because the church doesn't exist simply for our generation. It doesn't exist for adults. It exists for the next generation to share faith with them. And so as they hear those words, as they learn those pieces, as they worship with us as adults, um, they're taking that away. And that's a huge piece for us to do. So as we say a prayer like that, as we think about, you know, why we gather, as we think about the things that we do together, um, all of that is about learning rhythm. It's learning about a rhythm of life. It's learning the rhythm of grace. It's learning to walk with Jesus and, and walk with Jesus, to, to live in this life where how we live out this story of faith is a, just a natural part of life. 
And so this series that we're doing that really is sort of a, a kickoff, it's, it's a reminder series. It brings us back to some of the core ideas of Southeast. Um, we call this our Five Directions series. And the Five Directions are all about this idea of walking, of moving, of living out our faith. And I've loved the conversations that have come from this. And it seems like every year we come back as we come back through these directions, the conversations come back up and it causes me to pause and think about why do we teach these and what do we teach and what's the connecting points in all of these, uh, these directions that we're talking through. And I want to make sure, and especially as we come to the end of this series, to reiterate that the directions aren't aren't for us to sit down and, 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 and say, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live out my contribute value today. I'm going to live out that direction today. I can check off that box. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to go to the connect direction. I'm going to live out that box. And if I click off my five boxes in a week, maybe I've lived out all those directions. Now my faith is in a good place. That is a works mentality. It's a mentality that, hey, if I just get this stuff done right, that somehow my faith is in a good place. Now, there's some piece of this. It's a little bit of an inventory piece. Sure, we look back and we say, am I living out these directions? Those are great questions to ask. Am I living out the the five directions? Am I connecting with God? Am I seeing my relationship with others? Am I contributing to what God is doing in this world and making an impact and a difference? Am, am Am I sharing my faith, good news of Jesus with people around me? Am I sharing the good news of Jesus? Am am I living that out? And those are great questions to ask because it causes us to say, hey, wait a minute, am am I really walking this faith? And that's a good thing. Not from a perspective of like, hey, I'm gonna beat myself up about this, but from a perspective of saying, I really wanna live out the faith. I wanna make sure that I'm heading in the right direction. And as we follow Jesus, as we build relationships with each other in that that faith uh, community, We begin to live these out. It becomes a natural part of who we are. Last week, I talked about this this idea of that sometimes what we tend to do in life is we put our ladder on the wrong wall. And if you weren't here, I encourage you to go back, listen to that conversation as we talked about putting our, our ladder on the wrong wall and having goals on the wrong wall. But there's an idea of moving that ladder to the right place. And that's really, at the end of the day, what this is all about, is finding the directions that take me to where I need to go. Now, we all know directions. We're probably all thinking about either traveling. Some folks have been traveling this week. We've got fall break coming up, so we're all going to be traveling. So we think about directions. We get this. We understand this idea of directions, right? Whether it was uh, printing out, you know, let's just do this. This will be fun. How, how many of you have, have tried to find somewhere with a paper map in the glove box? How many of us have done that? Paper map, okay. Who remembers trying to go on, and you went on this website, MapQuest? Do you guys remember that? And you would print out directions. Do you remember that? And like, if you lost those directions, you were in trouble, right? And, and so there was like this piece to that. And then, right, and, and then, and so how many MapQuesters? MapQuesters? Yeah, I kind of miss MapQuest. I mean, honestly, right? Because then you can be like, are you sure you're reading that page right? I don't think you... And then, and then I feel like we're all losing a sense of direction. I know we're losing a sense of direction. We go off our phones. How many of you guys have, have taken a trip and you even you know where you're going? Like how many of you have driven somewhere you know and for whatever reason you still punch it in? Hey, I'm going to Kroger. Siri, tell me how to get to Kroger for whatever reason. I mean, do you ever get a car with somebody and you're like, why, are, why, is your map, why are your maps up? 
We're going downtown. If you don't know where that is, we have problems, friend. Like you should, but you have phones, anybody? Any phones? phones? Yeah, stick them up on cup, cup thing. I love, um, who, what's the company, uh, WeatherTech, that has the cup phone? That's brilliant. What a great name. The guy that made that up should be paid a lot of cup phone. I love that. So anyways, we all get the directions idea. We see this, right? And we need to understand how am I getting where I'm going? And so that's what we've been talking about. That's the idea of this series. And so where, as we close this up, what I really want to encourage you to do is to come revisit this stuff. We'll have the sermons online. We'll have, continue to have pages that link to the different directions and some of the ideas about that. And it's just a great opportunity just to sit back and go, you know, am I, am I traveling in the right direction? I think it's really cool to sit down with somebody else and just talk through it and be like, hey, let, as we just talk through this, what, am, I, am I on this track? Am I, on, am I following this path? And it's just a really great inventory. Now, today... Um, as we think about this, I, I, I want to make a shift here. And this is, this is such an interesting direction. So all of our directions so far have been outward, right? We talked about this arrow sort of connection with God aspect, directional piece there. We've talked about the idea of walking with others, which is an arrow, that, two arrows going together. It really doesn't matter what the arrows look like, but two arrows going together. We've talked about the good news, sharing the good news, directions pointing out away from us, Right? We've talked about a direction arrow pointing forward that we're contributing, we're a part of what's going on. But as we close up the series, I want to talk about what I think may be one of the most significant arrows. Because as we come to this piece, what ends up happening is as we investigate this arrow, I think it helps us kind of go back around the circle again. And we continue to live this out over and over again. And so today, what seems counterintuitive, rather than looking outward, I want to invite us to look inward. Now, many of us are good at pointing arrows inward, right? But we're told not to, right? Because if I point the arrow inward at me, usually that means I'm thinking about myself, right? If we say, hey, you've got your, your arrows pointing back to you all the time, maybe it's arrows of greed. You know, sometimes you talk about, you know, that you've always got the arrows. If you've ever seen, you know, somebody judging somebody, pointing a finger at them, they've got, you know, three arrows pointing back at them in judgment, right? So we think about arrows that way. But I want us to think about these arrows today, as we investigate our contemplate value, or direction, the idea of these arrows pointing inward, learning who we are, learning how we're wired, and how God comes alongside us in those directions, seeing the way that we're wired, and helping us live out as being people of impact through the way that we're wired. And then as we do that, as we begin to understand ourselves, how, how am I created? How am I wired? What, what makes up who I am? It helps us better understand the people around us. Because I don't know if you know this, and maybe you figured this out as you've traveled with people, we are all wired in very different ways. Let's run back to the maps for a second. Let's just, let's just go here for a second, because I bet you've been here. Maybe, maybe you're the person, because I don't want any nudging going on, no nudging, but maybe you're the person who... You just, when you get a car, you just want to get there. And you are like the land speed record. You're the person that someone's like, why are they driving so fast? So if you ever followed somebody like this, and you're like, I'm going to get the ticket. I'm going to be the one that gets the ticket because they're driving off. I'm going to be the one following it. Slow down, right? And, and it always ends up, you get somewhere and you're like, could you just slow down for a little bit? But then that person drives them crazy. Because they usually travel with the person who's like, hey, 
we should stop at the world's largest dinosaur. Do you guys want to go see that? Then I saw that there's the biggest spit wad right after that. We should go look at that. person's like, I just want to get there. I don't want to stop. I'm tired of it. But I really need to go to the bathroom. Hey, while we're in the bathroom, let's look at all these brochures of everything going on, right? And, and that person, just they, 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 just, they have no care in the world. They're also the person that, um, that first person was like, hey, we're leaving at eight sharp. They walk in the bedroom, and they're like, why are you still in bed? Well, we're leaving at eight. So I'm getting up at eight. No, we're leaving at eight, right? And you, you know that person. And you're like, so you leave at nine. The other person's screaming. You know, they're like, well, I still need to make a cup of coffee. Right? You get this, right? So we have these people that, that they just do things different. They just see that. Then there's another person. This person sits in the back seat. They're real quiet. Just chilling. Take out their headphones. Guys, I just want to enjoy the trip. Can we just get along? I don't care how long it takes to get there. I don't care what we see. I just want to get along. Can we do that? Right? Do you know these people? Right? We could go on with this all day. There's people who, there's one person that they have the directions. They're like, we're following these directions to a T. Somebody else is like, I have a hunch. We should take that road. No, the directions are clear. I use MapQuest. I know what I'm doing. And they're like, no, I have a good feeling about this. I think I know where I'm going. Four hours later, you know, you end up somewhere. It's on the other side of the country. But you, you got where you wanted to go because you had a hunch about it. You made the right decision, right? So we're all wired in very, very different ways. And I just want us to celebrate that. Can we just celebrate that we're all different? Can we just maybe be more curious about the people? And I'm preaching to myself here, guys. Sometimes we just need to be curious about the people around us. When somebody irritates you because they're wired different, what would it look like just to go, huh, I wonder, I wonder what they think about. Now, sometimes I know we tend to be like, I wonder what they're thinking about, right? Be curious, okay? Slow down a minute, breathe. I wonder what it's like to... Be in their shoes a little bit. Because we're supposed to celebrate each other's difference. So we're all created in the image of God. Isn't that crazy to think about? We're all different. We're all wired up different. And differences are to be celebrated. So there's a couple places that we could go to Scripture to talk about this. But today, I want us to go to this passage. It's 1 Corinthians. And uh, I love this because it's about uniqueness in the context of community. And I think it's super helpful as we, as we talk through here. So it says, there is one body, but it has many parts. But all its many parts make up one body. And I, I love this passage because, because what I like about this is that as, as he's writing this passage, as Paul is talking through this and writing to this church, he goes super slow through it, and he repeats things. And I think he repeats things on purpose because I think there's, there's something to us hearing it again because you, you start out, there is one body, but it has many parts. And we go, sure. And then it repeats. He says, but, it, but all its many parts make up one body. Well, didn't you already say that? Yes, you needed to hear it again. There's a little tag there, a little repeat that says, hey, maybe you should just reflect on this. Pause on this for a minute. There's one body. It has many parts. It, all its many parts make up one body. Then he says, it is the same with Christ. We were all baptized by one Holy Spirit, and so we are formed into one body. 
what a great, like, just, like, stop. Hold up. This is one of those great messages of unity. (laughs) That there are so many things in this world that divide us, that cause us to say, you know, I, I don't get along with these people over here, and I don't get along with these people over here, and I don't understand these people over here, and I don't understand these people over here. And Paul's like, well, wait a minute, hold on. I just want you to understand. The Holy Spirit unites and binds you together. Crossing time, crossing continents, crossing theological understandings, crossing all of the barriers that we place in the way. So all those, all those walls that tend to get built between people, he's like, no, 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 like the Holy Spirit is just coming through and just pushing all of that on. You can build as many as you want, but they're just going to keep coming down. You are united as one body. This is one of my favorite things to think about because as we worship and, and you know, every church has its own style. Every church does its own thing, you know, a certain way. And, and I think that's a good thing because, you know, our musicians play things a certain way and they have fun doing what they do. It's, it's, they're having a great time. But there are churches that do things in a different way and we're all worshiping at the same time and celebrating together. And, and, then, and then you can push that even further. In this idea that, you know, God is beyond space and time and all of this and that we are all worshiping at the throne together. Across this entire world, worshiping together. What an, just what an incredible reality to see that this thing is so much bigger than one of us. It's so much bigger than all of us. And it is all of us together through the Holy Spirit, formed into one body. Just, just beautiful. Then he goes on. He discusses some things that are context-specific to his world. It didn't matter. He said it didn't matter whether we were Jews, we were Gentiles, we were slave or free people. We were all given the same spirit to drink. Now, this was a huge... Guys, guys, I can't... This is such a big deal. Paul had this huge, huge, huge part of his ministry that was helping people to see that Jews and Gentiles, that slave and free, that all of these categories no longer existed because we were all one in Christ Jesus. And there, there's, this, um, there's this idea, there's this theory, this understanding that when Paul talks about this, um, there is a creedal statement that he used that was a part of baptisms that says, you know, there is no longer Jew or Greek, there's no longer slave or free There's no longer male or female. All are one in Christ Jesus. And this idea was as you were baptized, as you were baptized into the life of the church, you were supposed to be understanding. This was a mission-critical idea that all of those socioeconomic barriers, all of those ideas of who's in and who's out, all of those wall-building things, if you didn't get that, you weren't understanding what this whole Jesus thing was about. This was center stage. So Paul comes back to this here. He comes back to this thing and he says, it doesn't matter. Whether we're Jews or Gentiles, the new Gentiles go, are you sure? And whether you're Jews or Gentiles, the news go, are you sure? And then whether you're slave or free and the, and the, the free, are you, well, are we sure about that? What does that look like? Because if we do that, if all of a sudden we tear down these walls, man, that society's gonna be a mess. Society's gonna change Things aren't going to look the same anymore. Good. Because the same thing was true in that day, the same thing is true in our day. The things need to be turned upside down. 
that the socioeconomic reality, the divisiveness of our world is a mess. And the kingdom principle is an upside-down world where the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Remember that? Where Jesus talks about the prisoners are set free. Man, he's talking about changing things and switching things around, and that's what the church does. The church messes when it's living it out. It messes with these walls and this mess that we put in place. So he says, look, man, it doesn't matter. Jews, Gentiles, slave, free, poor, rich, from Carmel, from Franklin Township, from New York to California to Africa. It doesn't matter where you are. You are a part of the kingdom of God. And he says, we were all given the same spirit to drink. I mean, you don't get to say, hey, you don't know. No, no, you're not in. No. We've all been given the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on, he says, so the body is not made up of just one part. It has many parts. Then he says, suppose the foot says, I am not a hand, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. And suppose the ear says, I am not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. And what's cool about this is if you go back to the context, again, what he just said here, this is so cool. He says, you can't look and say, well, I'm not one of them, and I don't want to be part of whatever they're a part of, so I don't, get, I don't want to do that anymore. He says, no, too bad, you're in. You're in, and you're with them, and you don't get to change that because this is the way it is. Too tough luck. You are a part of this one body, and you can't say, well, I'm not one of those. No, 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 no. Celebrate it. You are part of one body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. Tough, you're in the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? If the whole body were the people who wanted to stop and look at all of the different dinosaurs and twines and spitballs and all this stuff, we wouldn't get anywhere. If, we, if all of us were the person who said, I just want to get everywhere as fast as I can, we wouldn't have anywhere to stop. We wouldn't have any places of interest. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have any national parks. We wouldn't have any places where people just stopped and said, I'm going to settle here because this seems cool. All of that would disappear if we didn't have the person in the back who says, can we all just get along? We wouldn't get anywhere because the two people would have killed each other and they wouldn't have gone anywhere. You need all of these different people to get the ship where the ship needs to go. So there's a context here. There's an idea here that he says, look, it can't just be, it, it can't just be a this people thing. And it can't just be a this people thing. And it can't just be a this people thing. The church in America will fail if it doesn't listen to our brothers and sisters in Africa and in South America and in Asia. The church will fail if the church is only made up of the same people in one community gathering together, looking at each other, saying, isn't this nice, but not having an understanding that it's so much bigger than all of us. There is a blessing in the diversity of the body. So the author of this passage, Paul, is leaning into this uniqueness in community. He gives us this metaphor of a physical body. He's like, look, if you, I, I'm trying to talk to you philosophically, but I'll give you a picture if that helps. He says this then relates to our spiritual reality. And then he continues. This is cool. Then he brings all of this into focus for us, and I love this. He goes on, he says, God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. 
Do you guys remember I said this a few weeks ago? This really connects to this idea. Um, <laughs> no matter what you believe, you, you, you can't keep somebody else from a relationship with Jesus, right? Remember that? We don't get to do that. That's not our place. And I, I think he has a piece here. God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. So it's really easy for us to look around. It's really easy for us to say, but I don't, I don't think that person belongs in the body. I don't think this person belongs in the body. And he's like, so, so God, so you're aware. I just want to be clear here. Again, this isn't me. This is scripture, okay? God has placed that person in the body just as he wanted it to be. Now, if you want to be God, you know, you can have that conversation, but I promise you that's probably not going to end real well, right? And then he says, if all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there is only one body. Then he goes on. He repeats this again. He's like, guys, you're just not getting it. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, it is just the opposite. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones that we can't do without. The parts that we think are less important, we treat with special honor. The private parts aren't shown. Well, that is a weird passage. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. I don't know who the private parts are in the room here today with us, but uh, you apparently can't be shown. But they are treated with special care. The parts that can be shown don't need special care. Everybody, we're clear about this, right? I mean, I love Paul. <laughs> the one. No, I'm, I'm just going to stop. Okay. We'll talk about that at the picnic. <laughs> but God has put together all the parts of the body, and He has given more honor to the parts that didn't have any honor. <laughs> Man. Like, I don't even, I can just read this. I don't even need to preach. In that way, the parts of the body will not take sides. Whew. See, now Paul's preaching. Cut it out, is what he's saying. All of them will take care of one another. Man, if you don't, I mean, that's, this, this is just being part of the body. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Man, I know this. If one part is honored, every part shares its joy. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. Our unity in Christ, as Paul talks about it here, comes from Christ. The mysterious work of the Holy Spirit, the mysterious work, I, I, I can't quantify or qualify or understand it, the mysterious work of the Holy Spirit unites and binds us together. And our unity is not our uniformity. I, I love this quote, listen to this. It says, unity... Not uniformity must be our aim. We attain unity only through variety. Differences must be integrated, not annihilated, not absorbed. This is why when I was working as a pastor, and one of the roles that I had was what they called assimilation. And I said, man, that is the word. Like, you, I am not going to walk around, but you will be assimilated. Like, that just felt 
That, that's one of those church things that just doesn't seem right. Instead, it's like you are a part of the story, part of the body, part of this community. And guys, I want to tell you, I, 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 I want you to hear this. It, this place isn't the same when you're not here. Today at the picnic, there, and I understand people have plans, people have things going on. I, I just, I, I'm going to make this a, a positive thing. Your presence, I said this last week, the gift of your presence for someone else in this space, we can't even begin to comprehend. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to force this on us. I think it'd be a fun lesson sometime, but I had a professor in college that if we missed class, and man, this was like an eight o'clock philosophy class. So, like, this is, like, just not the class I wanted to go to. And you get up in the morning, you go to class, whatever, and, some, and I, you know, went to class sometimes. Um, but, you know, it, it, but if you miss class, here's what he would do. He'd make you stand up the next class. He'd say, I am sorry that I missed class, and I deprived you of my contribution. And you'd have these people who were like, but... I wouldn't say anything. I just sat in the back. I wouldn't talk. And listen, you're not going to argue with the philosophy teacher. Just your very presence moved the winds in the room, changed the air molecules in the room, caused somebody to say something different. Your lack of presence had a huge impact. Your presence makes a huge difference. And that is true here. We can't exist without the feet and the arms and the eyes and the ears. We need you in the life of this community, participating, fully participating. So Jesus talks a little bit about this, and this is where I want us to close today. This idea of understanding ourselves, understanding others, seeing the differences we have, finding ourselves in one body. Listen to this. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. So the Sadducees, the Pharisees, had some different ideas about how to live out faith. They were um, almost like political parties um, because there was, a, there, there was this uh, idea. It wasn't simply just about faith. It was about politics. It was about life. It was about all of these pieces. So there was this divisiveness that existed here. So that he had silenced the Sadducees. Now the Pharisees are trying to figure out, okay, what can we do with Jesus? So one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with a question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And they, they pulled him into this question because they thought, well, he's, he's not going to be able to find the, the greatest commandment in all of the law. I mean, you're talking hundreds of commandments that we find. That he, he, which one? Which one is he supposed to say is the greatest? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first, the greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. We've heard this before. We've talked about this here at the church as a part of our mission and our vision, exploring the way of Jesus as we learn to love God, love others, bring life to our community. This is the mission. Love God, love others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. He said, this is the first and greatest commandment. And I just kind of wonder, they're like, okay, cool. All right, we got an answer. And the second is like it. And when we said one, it's like, no, the second is like it. It, it lives and you're going to have to learn how to hold some tension here. This is a great theological lesson here. You got to hold on to both sides. And when you hold on to both sides of the tension, man, you don't find the easy answer. This is where the truth lies most often. 
Everybody's like, I want black, I want white. No, no, we're going to live in gray here for a little bit, and we're going to get used to it. There's something about holding on to the tension. So he says, hold on to this, because if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, you love your neighbor as yourself, living in the tension of these two commandments, you're going to find the answer. We talk about it here that in Jesus' answer, we see these different directions that God wants to take our life. We're commanded to love God, and loving God results in loving what God loves, in joining in others as we bring God's love to those around us. So this idea, then, that we learn to love others by loving God, we love God, we love others, we, it, they inform each other, and then they help us move forward. Just love this. This is the picture. This is what I was trying to describe before. That when we live out loving God and loving others, we're going to live out these directions. Because I love the people around me. I want them to hear the good news of Jesus. I want them to participate in the upside-down kingdom of Jesus. I want to see the impact and the difference it makes in this world. I care about the people who are underfoot that need moved out of that place and position to be honored in this life. I want to see change. I want to see shift. I want to see things begin to come in a different way. I want to see the good news of Jesus poured out on this world. I want to see love and grace and mercy and forgiveness be the values that we hold on to the hardest. But look, look at this. I want you to see this. This is so cool. Jesus replied, listen to this. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as your self. I mean, to put this simply, to learn how to love others, to learn how to see what Paul was talking about, this idea of this unity that we have in the Holy Spirit, this connection that we have to each other. Something has to happen within us that we have to learn to love ourselves, to look at ourselves and see, how have you wired me, God? And in, in that idea I can love my neighbor and celebrate how they're so different than me because I'm beginning to understand how I'm wired and how I'm different. And it's not just about wiring. It's all of our differences. We all grow up in different places. We all have different experiences. We've all come from different places. And this is, we learn to love because we're self-aware enough. We're self-aware enough to be able to learn to see ourselves through the eyes of other people around us. And we learn to love because we're willing to ask the questions, to, to not come to snap judgments, to ask people, how do you come to that place? Where do you come there? And we talk about a lot about this idea of, well, you know, walk in somebody else's shoes. I really can't walk in somebody else's shoes, but I can ask them what it's like to walk in their shoes. There is something powerful when you sit down with someone. Can I just tell me your story? Now, some of us are better at this than others. I get this. Yesterday, this guy came to look at some of our water lines, and he was out there with a flashlight, and we got talking. I think I made him late to his next appointment because I've got a lot of my dad in me, and so I, I, I walked in, and Jill's like, oh, so what, what are they working on? Oh, I have no idea, but this guy lives down on Combs. He lives over in the neighborhood. He's, he's lived there for seven years. He said it took him five years to turn. And she goes, how do you do that? I go, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. 
So I, I, it comes easier for me to be like, just tell me your story. I just want to hear your story, right? No one asks those questions. But maybe you do it in a different way. Maybe you just need to be quiet and listen to the people around you. Hear other people's stories. Listen to this. Let's, let's close with this because this is so powerful. Let's start having trust, vulnerability, um, some of the skills that some of us need to work on. Maybe we've never been taught opening ourselves up to others, being willing to share our story. Listen and hear. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And see, this is what this last direction is all about. We believe that responding to God's grace and mercy includes focusing on and learning who God created us to be. We learn what drives our passions, our fears, our behaviors. And this is so powerful, and I wrote this down, and I come back to this a lot, is because as we learn about ourselves and others, we begin to see our difference. We learn to celebrate the unique beauty of the body that God is forming us into. And that's ultimately what it comes back to. So I, I kind of lied to you, actually, at the beginning of this message. I said that these arrows are all about pointing in, but really what they're about is understanding that we're all a part of one incredible body and we need to learn how to see what God has done inside my life and your life and celebrate the differences and the uniqueness of the body that God is forming together. That is the beauty of the church. That, that is such a beautiful part of who we are. Um, you know, let's just end there today. Because I, I just think there's something just awesome just about celebrating that. Would you guys stand with me? Let's, let's pray this morning. God, I thank you for this unique community. This community that gathers together here. Um, that gathers together this afternoon as we have a picnic together. This unique group of people, kids and adults, family, friends, neighbors, people we don't even know that we sit by every week, that, that you are forming this into a unique body. Help us to see the way that the others around us fit into the life of the church. Help us to never take for granted the person who sits beside us, but to learn to, to, um, to show that re reality of love, that we are here together. We are a part of this same body. Help us to not take our own presence for granted, but to recognize the incredible power that happens as the Holy Spirit unites and binds us together. God, I just ask that you would help us over the course of this next year to be that body that lives out your grace and your mercy and your love in such a way that we talked about those walls that just come down around, that people would see this as a community of grace and mercy and love. I ask that when people think about Southeast, when they think about our church community, that that's what they would hear, that's what they would feel. The idea that everyone is welcome here isn't simply a slogan or a statement, but is the reality in which we live out. And help us to do that. 
Help us to purge all of those things that take us away from that idea. God, we are so blessed and so thankful to have this community to belong to. It's your name that we pray. Amen.